0: We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay.
1: And today's guest is Ryan Carter. Ryan helps his clients achieve their health goals by removing the obstacles and empowering themselves with a personalised and holistic approach so they can be the best version of themselves. He works with clients around the world, either in person or remotely, which has led him to work with the world's top 10 tennis superstars and the general public whom he has all treated fairly and equally with respect. Qualified as a registered nutritional therapist, sports nutritionist, a personal trainer, a breathwork coach and many more specialized qualifications under his belt. Ryan utilizes a unique approach that encompasses a multitude of practices that does not believe in protocols or paradigms. He generally listens to his clients, applying his knowledge and wisdom in an individualized method. As a result, Ryan has successfully created a brand, Live Vitae, that continues to uphold its vision to ignite people's inner light through asking better questions, which lets people think for themselves firsthand, about taking back control of their own health. Ryan's website, newsletter and Instagram account all showcases values and way of life. They're full of wisdom that's all free for you to absorb. Please note that unfortunately there's some small audio losses and places in this interview. Hopefully this won't dampen your enthusiasm for the interview too much. There's some real gems and some great advice given here and I know it'll give you some great benefit in your own life. And now let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a joy to connect with you because I've followed you on social media for so long. But for people who maybe don't recognize the name, you've built a juggernaut of a health channel. Could you give a quick introduction?
2: Yeah, so I am Ryan Carter. I go by Live Vitae. Some people call it Live Vitae, Vitae. It's the same thing. Essentially what it means is live life. And I came up with a name when I was a studying nutritional therapist and finding my own way in this sort of conflicted confusing complicated mess of a health industry or health scene that we find ourselves in and it was about finding what health is about and health is all about life living life to your fullest essentially so in this journey in the last six years of becoming a nutritional therapist adding other qualifications to my name and working with people obviously real clinical experience just uncovering my best interpretation I was going to say truth but there's no such thing as truth but my best interpretation of what health essentially is all about uh, the essence of health the essence of life and to distill that to share that to empower clients around the world or even on social media to a certain degree Um, essentially that's what I do that's what I'm about
1: Oh, that's a very good answer. And I mean, what was the inspiration to get into nutrition? You've talked about having an eating disorder uh, and a workout addiction. How did that start affecting your health? And, you know, were there red flags that you noticed or, well, you know, was there a defining moment that you thought, yeah, I need a change, I need something more?
2: Yeah, great question. So when um, when I was in the thick of it, I had no clue what I was doing. I was damaging my body. I was wasting away, essentially. And again, eating disorder, uh, it, it's fairly harsh words, but I mean, I would call it disordered eating. I just had no clue about eating certain foods. It wasn't that I, mm. I was shying away from something. Essentially, what, what I was doing was I was addicted to seeing a number go down on a scale. And again, at this time, I was doing things such as fasted training. I was doing things such as carb refeeds. Uh, I was I was doing things I didn't even know the mechanism of, um, but again I, I had this fixation of seeing the number on the scale and getting leaner or, or lowering weight. And again, there wasn't there wasn't nothing going with my life, and this basically took my identity. And this is all I could focus in on. I lost friends. I lost like relationships in my family. Uh, I had no social life. My libido went ages went away um and then again I I was I didn't even really know I um until basically I got into a very conflicted heated argument with my ex-girlfriend's family and it was them who basically said Ryan what the hell are you doing you need to fix up you need to sort something out because my family didn't even say anything maybe my own family was scared of what i would do or how i'd react because and again they didn't want to hurt me or i don't know it's 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 a weird situation but essentially it was a disordered eating became very very um underweight around about 55 kilos and in perspective in perspective now i'm like 97 kilos so again i'm not a small guy um but i was obviously very very underweight then and Again, I I was doing the so-called good things. I was eating fruit. I was eating carbohydrates, as they say. Um, I was moving my body. But again, my life was just like going going away from me, basically, losing it.
1: I mean, do you see a sort of similarity in those kind of problems with clients that come to you? Is it the same standard, I've followed this diet, I've followed this, and I'm not losing weight? And then you look at their diet – and it's full of like vegetable oils and, you know, all the, goods, all the good stuff that you probably hate. But do you see these sorts of the similarities in the clients that come to you with the, you know, low libido, sleep, insomnia, those sorts of things?
2: Yeah, it's a very much gray area. Um, so, in sports nutrition, we call this red relative energy De- uh, deficiency syndrome, and this really takes hold in females to more more to a degree than males and again there 's a gray zone in in this spectrum of females who want to achieve a good body composition and ha- have good health, have a good re- reproduction system um they want to work out but they're just not eating enough but again in terms of who i work with i have to be careful because i'm not a eating disordered or disordered eating trained clinician so i can't really work that sort of spectrum of clients i have worked in with in in terms of a um an approach with multiple practitioners in that setting and it's it's been very beneficial but it, it it it's very hard because it, a lot of people put you in cotton wool in this scenario, and it, from my perspective, it's like anything. Can everything's a bad thing? You have got to be careful because you can't be keto or low carb or everything's a fad, and you just have to mm. eat this balance template. And the reality is, like that can be further from the truth to a certain degree with how nutrition and life health works. Uh, nothing really is in balance. And again, if you really want to be uh, obesogenic a balanced plate would be leading you towards, uh, more, more obesity, uh, associated risks essentially with the, the combination of fat and carbs in a mixed meal. But again, obviously that's the premise of, um, eating more than what you should really use. But again, it, it's like people put you in cotton wool and they're very scared of saying things about quality of food, about like you refer to seed oils or processed food, or like you have to include junk in your diet to be healthy. And yet they're shit, like make you feel scared about including saturated fat or something like steak. And again, it's very deluded, this narrative. I I can understand why, because people are very fragile in Hmm. like mentally and emotionally in this state. But again, there needs to be clear discussions about, Beneficial food, or food that's going to put you on a slippery slope, which you'll never truly get out of. Does that make sense?
1: No, it, that makes a lot of sense because every time I would say to somebody, "Oh, you're losing weight. Oh, yeah, I'm doing like the 500 daily uh, calorie deficit diet, or oh, I'm doing this cabbage soup diet." It's always something. It's never just, "I'm eating right. I'm healthy." You know, it's like there's always looking for the quick fix. And I used to think I was healthy, and I went and did a Tough Mudder recently, 15k, 30 obstacles. And then I looked and thought, I'm depressed, I'm eating crap, I'm not sleeping, I'm stressed at work, I'm anything but healthy. And then as I looked through your site, I was like, there's a red flag, there's a red (laughs) flag. You know, It just kind of kept coming and coming, and I loved how you... Covered the whole range from mental health to sex life to like your autoimmune diseases you know you show things that highlight the problems do you think that's a, a thing that a lot of people take that as part of their identity you know oh I'm just not feeling like having sex tonight I'm just feeling crap this week you know they don't actually realize that's down to their health their nutrition the way they look after themselves yeah they
2: can't put two and two together essentially they they just think And unfortunately, the way they've been educated via the the system that we have is you have a problem. Then you go see a doctor. Nothing outside of that A to B has an effect on your health. Can't possibly be about your your sleep hygiene. It can't possibly be about amount of times you're on social media flicking through and scrolling. Can't possibly be that. Can't possibly you switching on your news no way we can't put that together with with your health issues it's 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 a it's this syndrome that you have and you need this pill to to solve the problems but again it's this is the inability of people to, again it's a it's a two-way street it's also the person so there's self responsibility there but i do i do feel there's a, that there's an issue where it's actually We're in a society where no one tells you how to be healthy. No one's really leading by example. And I can see why people take to these fad diets. I can see why people take to social media for information because there's a lot of information and it's different to what the people in charge of what are saying, because Mm. again, they're not getting the answers to their problems. So of course you're going to search for answers and Again, this is where the, the danger zone comes in because, again, on social media, like the nutritionist title is not technically uh, protected, as an example. Now, I, I'm a registered nutritional therapist. I can also call myself a nutritionist on this bracket. Um, but, again, you can call yourself a nutrition coach. You can do a course online for $200, do it in two weeks, and now you're a nutrition expert. Yep. You can you can label yourself as that. Um. So again, it's easy to be an expert in a scene without understanding the nuances. And nuances are not popular. Same context matters, it's not sexy. Um, it, it's hard to sell something like that. And again, people build this identity, they have to buy into something. And they buy into the carnival code, the animal-based 30. They buy into the vegan smoothie shakes for the 30 days they buy into the celery cleanse, uh, the whole fat, They buy into these things. And that, and that in itself is actually a good thing to be doing. The issue is it's a short-term solution. It's not really influencing the marvellous human body, uh, the physiology, psychology that we have connected to the environment. It's just looking at the diet, which is a like, small component of the um mm. the, the human body essentially um important but it's not the only thing um that makes sense
1: <laughs> yeah i mean is is that like you know if you look at our current health modalities you know you go to a the doctor they give you tablets and say on you go you know it's a short-term fix like you're saying you promote this kind of longevity this long-term lifestyle enhancement this fixes why? Why do you think our we our current medication way route to our current health modality is just to fix the problem and go out? Is it money? Is it lack of knowledge at the top line service? Yeah, I mean, I think it's
2: it started with the the history of science going back, and it's inundated with rights and wrongs black and white thinking, whether it was the Greek philosophers, whether it was the Egyptians, um, where they worshiped the sun, or whether it was Christianity with God and uh, these rules and principles. And then obviously with um, governments or the royals, etc., having their rules and regulations in play. So, again, this obviously has an effect on the way we see and interpret science which is essentially a study of life in essence and again when we're comparing what modern science looks at now it's in randomized control trials in metabolic wards in test tube studies essentially in labs and again this isn't where science takes place and again obviously I understand it's hard to measure true science outside of a lab Um, but again you have to realize that there's things that we have no understanding of and this is where like health or nutritional science comes up short sure. and nutritional science is like fairly shaky in in this because again you can't really do experiments in humans what you can do with animals as an example so the safety for uh, <laughs> compliance adherence all these kind of principles uh, toxicity uh, toxicity Um, So it's very hard to grasp true reflections of nutritional science studies and relate them to real life. And again, just because it happens in a study doesn't mean that you are part of that majority who saw a benefit in that intervention. Um, And again, even in animal studies, the differential between females and male rats has an important factor in terms of the results. Um, So, again, it's just... It's, it's very shady. Um, I, I think, yeah, there's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of compassion, empathy. There's a lack of time, essentially. So no one's giving you the time to be listened to. So, for example, my nan, like she's like 82 years old, I think now. She just wants to, to, to talk to people. She's got like Alzheimer's and whatnot well she doesn't care she's happy she just wants to talk and, and she wants to go to a doctors to talk not to talk about like this and that she just that that's but she can't get that at doctors she can't get that in her social group and and again that's an effect on her mental health on her physical health mm-hmm. um because again humans are social creatures and again it's it's this narrative of like we don't think of the bigger picture with health it's very like take this for that um and again, seven to eight minutes for an appointment is subpar. Um, but again, where do you go from there? Like, uh, again, I, I do private, I work with private clients, and not everyone can obviously afford my services. But again, there has to be a, a bigger gap where either the system puts money into prevention, puts money into health coaches puts money into community incentives where people gather around and everyone shares ideas or, or something because again, it's just going to dire, uh, it's just going, it's a dire state essentially.
3: Cause
1: you see that a lot, like people kind of go, I need to get fitter. Okay. What are you going to do? I'm going to work out. Okay. How are you going to work out? No idea. You know, you say, how are you going to eat better? no idea you know it's they know yeah. they know the buzzwords but they don't know how to do it and i love the surf yeah, but, but, but,
2: but with that like you don't need to do too much like you don't mm. need to know these things you don't need to know the best time of training you don't need to know the best workout uh, pre-workout you know like, someone asked me on a message yesterday what he's doing he said he's doing running and he's worrying about his electrolytes uh his, <laughs> the minerals so running and mm. i was like listen he and he said he's just starting out i said just run uh, don't uh, worry about that. Just
3: and do so the again,
2: yeah. And again, even just performing exercise, you upregulate certain metabolic enzymes within the cell, which improves metabolism. And this is not even adding any nutrients in. The act of running alone and just doing something instead of thinking and thinking about the, this, the scenario, it is, it, it is a problem. You just need to do something, whether it's, it's this or that, it's a step in that direction of doing something. And hopefully it's obviously in the beneficial pathway of doing something. Mm. But again, just getting outside the door and any form of movement, any form of like single ingredient food. And of course we can go into the details about like m- minutiae and context and nuances, but at the end of the day, the majority of people are so have so much poor health. They just need to get going. They just need to be doing something in the right direction.
1: No, that's a fantastic answer. So how do we use this holistic approach that you, you you use to kind of optimize your health? Like, how do we start looking at, you've talked about low-hanging fruits to, for us to tackle. Are there sort of basic rules that you think people should live by? You know, is it like outside for 20 minutes, eat foods that your ancestors would eat? You know, is there general prompts that you would start giving people to say... Just do that for the bare minimum, then start introducing all these extra things.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good question, but again, it's a really simple answer. But the simple answer is it's, it's harder than it sounds.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it's harder than it sounds because, again, you're telling someone to do something so simple like, hey, when you wake up in the morning, just go outside. Don't put any slippers on. Don't put any shoes on. Just go outside in your garden or in your front lawn or wherever you can and just spend five minutes. Just just like try with a minimal clothes on. Don't put anything over your eyes and just get some sunlight in your face and on your body. But Again, that's such a simple thing to do. Yet it could be extremely mm. complex actually action. Because again, there's the what ifs. I can't do this because of that. I've got kids. I've got a dog. Uh, I've got work, I've, I've, um, I don't know, X, Y, Z, there's this various problems or things that pop up just by doing that simple thing of waking up, going outside, getting sunlight on your face, on your eyes, on your skin. The reason why? Well, because everything is entrained in the human body by the circadian mechanism. So a circadian rhythm. And again, Mm. it's influenced by the sun and the moon or darkness and again it encodes it's epigenetically hardware uh, connects the hardware to the software it essentially allows expression and efficiency of every single cell of the body to be working coherently meaning in flow with the brain with the heart with the liver with the gut with the muscles and if this isn't entrained every single morning sort of doesn't really matter what else you're doing because this is the fundamental thing of life life evolved in the presence or due to the reactions of the sun and the atmosphere and tensions between oxygen and carbon dioxide essentially and again light is the the mechanism that instructs ourselves with a timing mechanism of when when we do things and again like there's so so much studies coming out with when this mechanism is not working fully when there's disorder at place then we see the modern diseases appear autoimmunity, gut issues, type 2 diabetes, um, multiple sclerosis,
3: atherosclerosis, uh, neurodegeneration Everything speed, agita- uh, uh, speed, endurance, muscle mass, uh, muscle growth. Everything or not via this mechanism. So, again, this is about efficiency.
2: This is about your brain working for you, not against you. And again, as we know, behavior underpins everything. Like, sure, calorie counting is an effective way of losing weight. But if your brain's a mess, essentially, simplistically saying, then, like, no ma- like, no wonder you're not going to stick to that X diet because your brain is in a state of chaos because it doesn't know what the hell's going on inside because it can't understand the outside. The perception is completely gone.
1: So would that be the first step? Make that cognitive kind of changes. Look at, like how much time you're spending on your phone, how much, you know, just getting outside, you're working with Mother Nature rather than against it, kind of getting back into the natural rhythms of life? 100%.
2: This is basically working with your biology, not working against it. The more time you spend in nature, the better your health will be. And again, the first step would be, as soon as you open your eyes, the, like the best exercise you can do is get off your ass and step outside. And stretch your skin, your eyes, the collagen in your body to mm. the sunlight. And again, there doesn't have to be sun. It could be cloudy. It doesn't matter. There's still light penetrating through the clouds.
1: So, how do we start finding somebody to work with? Like, how would we go about finding a coach or, like, even just the knowledge we follow? I mean, I, I work with PhD students and I was shocked at how. People who I follow, who I had known all my life, were using like social media for their understanding of like vaccines and stuff like that. Or they would follow some diet because their friends were doing it, not because it would actually, they knew it helped them or the things they needed to fix. And I always found that was quite terrifying of where we get our information from. You know, people couldn't gauge good sources. How do we find a good coach to work with? Or, I mean, apart from going to your website, obviously how how can we you know how can we find the good sources and start this journey
2: yeah this this comes with again building the confidence to be empowered and again you are the ceo of your body so what i mean is you're you're the manager like you hire and fire accordingly and and you've hired a personal trainer. What you do is you go to the gym, you should really
3: look around, see these personal trainers on the gym floor, see how they operate, are they all, uh, are at the form? Are they actually paying attention to what the client's doing or are they scrolling on the phone? And the ability to decipher Where can I place my value in? And th- that's what you need to do with every
2: single coach, essentially, is you need to treat it like an interview. You need to essentially grill them, not grill them, but <laughs> give them, propose them questions about how, how are they going to be helping you? What are your needs? What do they expect from you? What do you expect from them? And again, it's a relationship and it's bi directional. So, again, you have to propose these questions when, you work, when you're applying to work with someone and suss them out, essentially. And, again, you have to be confident. You have to have faith in this person. You don't just buy the first car that you see either. You, you, you hmm. don't go to the first car lot or wherever you buy your car. You do some research. You check the miles. You look at the emissions. You, you understand... Uh, are you getting mugged off by the dealer? <laughs> Is this a bad deal? And the yeah. same thing—you you do that in the same space in in, in the health. You, you do sorry, you do you do the same thing in the health industry, where most people you can see their backgrounds. They should list their credentials, their education. There should be a few testimonials. Of course, everyone milks it to a certain degree, but again, there should be the opportunity of sending them an email, speaking to them on a comp- uh, complimentary phone call. Uh, I really think that should be the minimum that people should offer because again, there's a big commitment, uh, from you, the, the client, the patient, when you're working with a health professional. And, um, I think as a clinician, you should honor that and you should give people that, that five, 15 minute time to get to know them. And again, you'll get the energy of the per- person. You'll get the, the, the aura, the, are they, is this person going to help me or not? And, and you, you should be able to see that. Are they true? Do they have a good heart? And again, that, that falls onto you to make that decision. Um, and again, that's your personal needs there. Maybe this person's an, a specialist that body composition. Maybe this person's that strength trainer, or maybe this person's that, who's going to help you with that tough mother. And get you over that finishing line in a in a in a record. So again, you have to know that, and you have to bring it to them, test them, and then from that point, go for it, invest in it, have faith in it, and stay course, stay the course. I mean,
1: no, that's a good answer. I mean, because that's the thing is, people just assume I'm signing for a PT. I'll take the first one available, and they'll just get on with it. They don't think. Actually, ask them questions, see which one fits you, which one suits your needs. Um, Something I did notice is in powerlifting, we would call it the mind-muscle connection. So you'd feel the weight as you're lifting to kind of lift more efficiently and better. I like the approach you were saying there that, you know, if the brain's not sure what's going on the inside, it has no idea what's going on the outside. How do we work to get that brain connection with our, our lifestyle, with our health? suited straight away um is there are there things that we could do to look at our previous history of like illness and bad health and you know to start planning how we should do this yeah so again
2: this comes from like spirit spirituality mindfulness Um, so again most people tell you meditation
1: Hmm.
2: in the the modern you can't meditate when your brain perceives you're running away from a tiger. So it, it, it's a good, um, tool, but the reality is it, it, it's not going to be helpful for what well, the clients that I see, they just don't want to meditate. They just try to, but their mind's so busy, they just can't go there. But what does yeah. meditate do? Meditation does it, it brings you into your body. It allows you to pick up all these sensory feedbacks that's, uh, feedbacks, um, Sensory effects go into your brain, basically. Sense out of it and then relay that down to these tissues. So again, where can people start with it? Again, I would be starting with mind mapping, writing, putting something down on a piece of paper, putting goals down, your intentions, your thoughts, journaling. Uh, And again, this is hard for some people. Some people won't even give you five, ten minutes of doing this because they're in a panic mode and they need to do something more physical so again it's about finding what these person's um, cues are maybe it's about talking maybe it's about expressing Um, and again that would be basically allowing us to reflect and bring some awareness about our actual internal self or our state and try to make sense out of that and then again we can actually feel or reflect or see how we're actually feeling on the inside. So again, this is where like using self-subjective data, such as things like heart rate variability or tracking your resting heart rate or sleep metrics or your steps. Again, what does that do? It gives you a quantitative data number, but we need that per se. We can go, okay, how am I actually feeling waking up in the morning? Let me rate it out at a scale of 100 um what's my libido like let's rate it on a scale of 100 what's my di- digestion been for the last 24 hours let me rate it on the scale of 100 and again that could be enough to give us that metric and connection to a number and build some awareness and then from there we're, we're building this connection and like feeling our body again and putting two and two together now where oh i did do some training yesterday i've done some hill sprints And now from that, I can see my sleep improving (laughs) and maybe it could be that. Or, you know what, let me give myself one goal this week, which is to have five meals of fish as an example. And that whole week, my HIVs increased by 20%. So again, it's just like building these connections with simple things like tracking some self-subjective data points, essentially.
1: Because that's what I liked about, it. I've, as I was listening to a few interviews you did, where you were talking about, like, people's lack of self-awareness. We're not even checked in with our body. We don't know what's going on. We just kind of, we're 100%, always, re- you know, no. we're reactive to well, the,
2: we're the environment that's going on. 100%. Like, I, like, I'm, like,
3: actually,
2: this is for the last two weeks, first time I've been by my myself entirely uh for like maybe like 18 months the other times i've maybe been with like one other person or three, few other, few other people mm. but this is like kind of unreal to be just self-independent and by myself and to be feeling things listening to silence and to be intentionally like plug out and actually i actually had the tension this weekend over was to actually not even speak, not say a word, like speak word to anybody. It's like no vocal, um, just to see how that would be, and just to go in a bit more inside. And again, you hear the things of silent meditations. Um, and again, I just wanted to experience just doing that for 24 hours. But again, we're always on the go. We're always distracted or finding distractions to get ourselves out of ourselves.
3: Yeah, we want to numb our feelings, whether that's with coffee or whether that's with or that's with social media, or whether that's watching Love Island as an example.
2: So again, it's just like it's taken ourselves out of ourselves. And for that, there's a biological toll. We become disconnected with ourselves, with our environment and with each other. And therefore we can no longer communicate. We can no longer make these sort of biological um, mechanisms, such as things like increasing our dopamine levels together. Such as releasing oxytocin together, and that would be things such as like lovemaking, or I don't know, singing and dancing, or I don't know, just going for a walk and just listening to the birds chirp like they are right now. So hmm. again, it's just like these simple things, and again, they don't they don't sound sexy. No, it sounds, sound for our society, everyone wants to be wrapped up in a blanket with a hot chocolate, watching Love
3: Island, and laugh and uh, uh, talk, talk trash, something. But like they,
2: they, really need to again find themselves. But again, it's just like that's how people want to live their life. But again, it's it's also maybe they haven't experienced what the other side of the coin is. Hmm. And again, it's it's like it's kind of ironic for me to say this. Because they they won't even have the perspective of seeing this from like, what I'm saying, and they would say that everything's fine, that life is good, this is what they want. And again, I can't argue with that. If that's what makes them happy, but again, have they really experience this?
1: Just this, essentially. Like very few would have. I mean, I, I notice that. Like, when I'm in the Highlands, I am so calm. I'm, I feel I'm just relaxed. I'm centred. Second I come back to Glasgow, I'm like running 50 miles an hour. I feel constantly stressed. I'm constantly on the go. I, you know, I'm always... I think that's the difference between city living and, like, actually living in the the green. I mean, like, how therapeutic is that with the birds and the the blue sky and getting outside and all these silly, well, we say silly, all these small changes that people should do. Do you find that's the, the problem, is everybody thinks it's just eating better rather than I'm going out walking and barefoot. I'm going out and, like, just small lifestyle changes. I'm getting blackout curtains. I'm going yeah, to... Yeah. You know, But then you say that, oh, you need sleep better. So they go, okay, I'll take a melatonin supplement. Why do we deal for the f- small fix rather than the proper lifestyle changes like eating, yeah. b- making our own bone broth and things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the issue and like the most health or food, guru- food gurus out there, uh, like Liver King, I don't know if you know who that is, or yeah. Carnival for MD, or other people, or even like... I don't know if other food gurus or authors. And again, they lived a very, and even I say, a privileged lifestyle. And again, it's easy for me to say, I'll oh, just go into nature. And again, it's easy for them to say, I'll oh, just eat organ meats and uh, get sleep. But again, you have to understand from, from, I mean, where am I going with this? People like myself, like the Liver King, like Paul Saladino, Ben Greenfield, these people are essentially in nature more they're like the tops off they're grounded yet they're, they're mm. and again i wouldn't say i am that but do talk about the importance of that but they forget this and they just go in with okay it's all about nutrition and again it's a organ deficiency and plants so are toxin toxic and that they're missing out or they're not sharing that okay you're missing out a big piece of the puzzle here which is okay you're in the middle of nowhere you either live in costa rica or texas you you own a ranch you're financially secure. You've you got your skin in the game, you're, you're grounding, you haven't got a nice five, you're not busting your ass, uh, you, you,
3: you, you
2: cook. So, there's all these scenarios, and there's people giving up this advice, yet they're not in this, not, they, they haven't really experienced what it is or what it feels like, or they can't put themselves really in that perspective, and yet they're giving out all this advice about it's just nutrition related. It's not. Because, again, it's, it's like a stepping stone. One thing moves on to the next. Like, good sleep improves your ability to make a good choice. That good choice would be possibly nutrition-related. Then that would be, obviously, reflected in going to the gym now. You're going to show up to that class because you're eating well. And now because you've got, like, you're breathing better, so now you don't have to use your inhaler as much. And now you get off your asthma medications in two months' time. So again, it's not just, oh, diet fix me. It's the accumulation of certain things, and it builds up. It's never just one isolated thing uh, within this health uh, puzzle.
0: It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy dot com slash affiliates and level up. I mean,
1: does that link to what you were saying in? Um, I think it was another interview where you said one the one meal will affect the uptake and the attraction of the next meal. What we eat before will affect the kind of drive for the next.
2: Yeah. So that, yeah. That's, that. Yeah, so again, it's just like, so we hear things about uh, glucose variability. So, wearing a continuous glucose monitor. And again, it's, it's a cool thing. So, again, what that means is, like, I was actually wearing one like two, a week ago. It was like on my tricep. And what it does is, it, it gives you that awareness again, it gives you that number to see your fluctuations of glucose in your
3: blood or into, in your interstitial fluids. And the variability between each meal, and you can see and berries, or then you had oats and honey, and then you had I don't know cottage
2: pie. You could see your variations between each meal, and then maybe you had a I don't know a Kit Kat,
3: and then you could see your variations and what was high, what went low, how quick did it respond, and any. What we're we talking about,
2: I don't even know what the question is. But
1: like, um, I forgot what the question was. Sorry. I mean, what what sort of data do you think we should be tracking? You know, is it like glucose? Is it like um, our waking up in the morning and checking our pulse? What kind of factors and testing would you because you do initial testing with your clients? What do you look for when you sit down with a client? What do you get them to track as they're making these changes?
2: Yeah, so I do like clients to do heart rate variability. And again, you can do that now on your mobile phone. Mm. You can do that with the flashlight on your mobile phone. That could be 10 pounds, or you can get like o-rings, or you can also get some chest straps some polar. And again, what that does, it gives us a, again, a quantitative number on our heart rate variability. So our variation between each heartbeat in the interval mm-hmm.
3: and this gives us basically feedback on our nervous system how should it should be the same there should be variation and the more varied that heartbeat is the healthier
2: quote-unquote your, your body should be and i like to use that as a metric and see the progression and journey that we take and when we We do interventions when we trial things. We can use heart rate variability as a data mark and say, okay, how did this work? Did this improve your nervous system? And again, that nervous system again is not just alone; it's also regulating your cardiovascular system. It's regulating your immune system as well. And so, it gives us an indication of what's going on underneath the hood, like a car underneath, Mm
3: -hmm. and like a just, just testing what's going on other than that like again like summer and the vitamin d at the beginning of winter and ideally the person wouldn't
2: be supplementing vitamin d because that would distort that number um again i think hormone testing is a pretty legit way of seeing how things are going looking at free t 3 tsh uh looking at ldl cholesterol but not because of cardiovascular health
3: Health is looking essentially. Um, so again, that that would be the metrics that I like to be using. Oh, transporting oxygen around
2: your blood, body. People forget about that. Like, if you're not transporting oxygen well in your hemoglobin, then like, what good is like all the food and f- things that you're you're doing to your body? Because again, without oxygen, there's no life.
1: Because I remember reading, is um, it Max Lagarver uh, said, like eating healthy is cheaper than eating junk food. We don't need to have the organic, grass-fed foods. We just need to be willing to cook, use real, real foods. Yeah.
2: It's, it's easy to say. Yeah, yeah, but it's easy to say things like that. And actually, I think it was yesterday he posted that. And it's easy to say things like that because, again, it's about time. Hmm. And yeah, sure, there's education, but again, it's when when there's a time at at play here, it's not, it's not easier and cheaper because again, time is like invaluable for some people. Like some people on like minimum wage and they have to do all the hours they possibly can. And how are they going to cook? Like I don't know, cook a meal. And in in, like reality, sure. You can grab a can of tuna and I don't know, a yogurt. And obviously that's going to be better than a KFC tower meal as an example. And the prices might be the same, but, again what for that person in their shoes is is
3: is really going to see it for that and again it's e- easy to give yourself this uh, we're we're great
2: identity about yeah we're healthy people we got the time to cook and we eat single ingredients again it's like it's, I think it's putting you further away and in out of touch of the reality of like the general public mm. and the people who, unfortunately, are in this position who, 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 who do struggle, who struggle with time, who struggle with energy, who struggle with kids, commitment, and who lack a bit of education and kitchen skills to, to, to do these. And
3: mm.
2: again, they haven't got much going in their lives.
3: They probably don't have much social enjoyment. this is the, that KFC
2: tournament was going to be the enjoyment. And now suddenly someone's going to tell them to, to stop it. What are they going to do instead?
1: I mean, I made small changes. Like I was always told, you know, you have to eat this, you have to eat organically, you have to do that. And when I interviewed Stan, the white rhino Effredin, he was like, take a 10 minute walk after eating, it'll help your digestion. I interviewed um, Dr. Mahmood Gamun and he was on about how you eat, what you eat affects your microbiome. And, you know, it was just these little things. It's like you don't need to be in perfectly 100% of the time, but just understand how that affects the, the, what you take in, how it affects you later on. And, you know, it's, you don't need to be 100% perfect, but you need to have a kind of general, you know, are there key elements you think we should be eating? Are there key vitamins that we should be focusing on? Are there golden rules, do you think? Or is it so customizable and personable that it's difficult? Yeah,
2: I mean... <laughs> I think there's obviously personalization, like personalization, and and but I mean general, like again, how does this fit with so, so like people though? Like, well, I would always encourage a seasonal diet, and again, that's what our ancestors ate and led mm. by local seasonal food. Unfortunately, again, that requires people to cook that because it's again, it's going to naturally be single ingredient foods. And again, it's going to be naturally not the acquired taste buds from conditioning and from availability that they've been brought up with or fears around of cholesterol, saturated fat, red meat, butter, all these sort of nuances. But again, in reality, it'll be a seasonal-based local food. And again, it'll be nose to tail to shell. So encompassing all, all of the animal. And again, it doesn't mean like eating organ meats at every single meal. It just makes like a few, few servings of organs per week. Um, and again, the rest of the time, it's just about making meals enjoyable, making it practical and functional for whatever you've got else going in your life. And again, I do think there's an element of, yeah, sure, protein is important. It's underplayed definitely in the healthy plate or whatever, the eat well plate or eat well guide Hmm. and do you think there has to be a rethink around this this belief that we need so many carbohydrates and like 250 grams a day for the general public like most athletes probably don't even need that much to a certain degree or like hobby athletes essentially and people who are like sedentary no way need 250 grams of carbohydrates per day to function and again even carbohydrates they're going to take time to cook where your carbohydrates going to come from typically it's going to be coming from the whole grains the refined uh refined grains the the sugars the soft drinks the ice creams and all this kind of stuff so again i do think there has to be a sort of different approach to that and know, yeah, it's, it's difficult because, again, you don't want to have too much fat. Fat is or can be problematic too. We never really ate liquid fat. Fat was never really added to a meal. It was just in the protein, animal food, yeah. and it is what it is. And Again, I don't think people should shy away from fatty meat. Uh, I don't think they should just literally just eat fat off the bone. But, again, I wouldn't be scared for intramuscular uh, fat on meat or shying away from, I don't know, lamb fat, which is amazing to eat, like lamb chops, and just going for that. Oh, and again, yeah. that fat in itself, it is energy-dense, but it will also give the satiety. These long-chain fatty acids, such as steric acid, will actually improve like, your mitochondrial health. They'll actually improve satiety, so you'll no longer get hungry. And it's kind of ironic, uh, being here in Norfolk, actually have been working in some cafe and it's just interesting the people who want for like the low-fat options of breakfast they're the ones who act with the coffee afterwards yet I'm there like going for like okay can you give me like six extra eggs on this like egg and I'm like oh I can't eat a, a cake like who in the hell wants to eat a cake I'm, I'm stuffed and full I'm all good so again I think there's this mindset and outlook of like mm. even like going down to these fatty acid compositions how this influences our yeah. hunger, because it does and it's meant to show it um, but again on top of that there's the whole mindset how are we eating are we chewing are we actually saying grace or gratitude are we in the moment or are we on our phones just sh- shoveling it in mm. so again that to obviously affect our hunger and satiety too Uh, And like we said earlier, the previous day meal would affect your breakfast. That breakfast would affect your choice for lunchtime. And again, that's the thing that I sort of forgot the question to about. It's not just the meal right now. It's the meal that we had previously. But this meal right now is going to affect our next meal. So again, it's this sort of I don't know what the thing would be like this. It's like this where like it's never just one meal in isolation. It's it's always movable. Like, I'm still pretty digesting my breakfast right now, which was like eight eggs, a tin of sardines, and loads of tomatoes. And again, I really don't feel like I'm going to eat anything for dinner
3: because I'm, I'm, I'm so good. Even though I just... This is, this is how our food can affect
2: our, our choices further down the line.
1: And how does breath work play into this? I mean, I interviewed David Jackson and, you know, we all breathe every day till till the day we die. But you see these people who are, you know, like they're breathing up at the top of their chest. They're panicky. They're like they say, oh, I've got anxiety. Like they try to justify it. And when I've interviewed Josh Settledge, the jiu-jitsu guy, you know, he's a, he's a big component of nasal breathing. So he puts tape over his mouth when he trains jiu-jitsu. Um, I've used it for like box breathing to calm myself before job interviews. How do we use things like box breathing and exercise and these sorts of things in association with eating better, eating healthier, getting outside, these sorts of things?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the exercise is the of you the glimpse of what it feels like when you should breathe or how you should breathe quote unquote normally
3: yeah
2: and again the whole goal of these exercises is to take the exercises into real life now you don't need the stabilizers or these
3: exercises and you can actually walk the talk now you can breathe from your nose throughout the whole day You don't need to do that. But again, there's a mechanism where
2: we have potentially a sensitivity between carbon dioxide within our body. And we can't, the oxygen saturation is fairly low. And this causes basically the alternate nervous system or the brainstem to basically unlock and open the mouth when we breathe. So again, it's just about re- retraining our whole body with like the light, when I'm outside right now, the light is hitting my skin. It's vasodilating my skin. I'm improving the oxygen flow from endothelial nitric oxide. That in itself is making it easy for my body to not need to breathe, as well as someone being indoors like you are right now. Hmm. Easy for me by using and put my skin in the game. And the same thing with like being in nature. My blood pressure's down. It's dropped 10%. That's that's easing in my cardiovascular system. And again, like also other things such as not eating late at night, not eating rushed or stressed,
3: actually digesting our food. And again, that's not being diverted into our intestines, digestive system, but allow to our brainstem and allow our blood. To actually So how do we make these changes?
1: Is it like ripping a band-aid off and just doing it all at once, or should we do this gradual you know slowly you know like if you're kind of antidepressants or something like that, you know you slowly just phase it down
2: yeah, I think the gradual pre- uh, the gradual approach is best and
3: again with mouth tape at night as an example when you're sleeping down just
2: the length of mouth tape to get really really small really really small really really small and then obviously you realize you don't really need it anymore but again it's gonna with that it's gonna be
3: the overall picture of health how that influences. it's just about just drilling in and again It's about how much energy are you making, how much ATP, how much water, how much carbon dioxide are you making in metabolism. This is all gonna affect your breathing biomechanics essentially. But again,
2: it's again, I I would probably put like it'd be important to do it, set your tensions in the morning, and maybe if you do need to do it again in the evening. And again, this is setting your attentions with the awareness about your breath and about, you're going to be breathing. I, I don't even know what the number is, like 70,000 times in one day. Maybe it's not that high, but like, um, you're going to be breathing a lot. And that, that, that intention or that meditation at the start is putting your connection, that mind-body connection to your lungs about how wide the lateral expansion of the lungs, of the rib cage,
3: using your whole diaphragm and pushing the air down there and then obviously slow. like practicing this setting your intentions
2: and it's a bit like meditation you can think okay cool I'm not gonna get aggressive and, and swear at people when I'm driving with road rage <laughs> you can set an intention <laughs> and hope yes. that that might work but again, you can do the same thing with breath work like I'm gonna try to see
3: and catch myself if I do these things, if I'm actually getting email apnea I forget to breathe. So that can happen as well. And again, that might require you just having post-it notes, having these soft reminders. You start connecting the dots, oh, wow, I actually got that, and we get a positive, uh,
2: a, a positive uh, what's the word a positive result or oh, a confirmation of that in ourselves or from somebody else congratulating us on something then that reaffirms that belief or that exercise or that intention so we're likely to do it more and repeat it because it's success. and again repetitive repetitive and again i think i think it's to your question: I think it's best to do it gradually and wean your way off of like hour yeah, doing breath work, but like, I don't know, three times a day, and then doing it down to just once a day, and then hmm. weaning yourself off mouth tape. But it's just the overall picture of health influencing breath work. Breath work doesn't work independently.
1: No, I, I mean, I think we're just scraping the surface. I would love to do another round two with you and really get into stuff. But how, until we can get that, I mean, I can't believe we're almost oh, we're over our time. But uh, what would you want people to understand about Live Vita? How can people work with you? What can um, we find on your site? How, how can we benefit with following you and connecting with you? Yeah, I think...
2: Either on any social, social channel, so Twitter Levita UK. That's where basically I share the studies that I'm reading. And you can sort of see the connections I'm making with what I'm reading and what I'm trying mm. to say. Instagram is a bit more general. I am trying to step up my articles on my website and just change my game a little bit. Um if people want to work with me, obviously my website is the best place to go. And again i'm just sharing advice and sharing different ways of seeing science and life essentially and trying to connect the dots not just with one niche but multiple niches and actually how this influences self essentially and the environment and ourselves
1: and how can somebody listening find you on Instagram, find your website, and uh, you know, how can we like get a consultation call with you, these sorts of things?
3: Levite.com, L I V E V I T A E dot com. And
2: you can book a call, you can see my social channels off there, or Levite is
0: on Instagram as well. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life.